Welcome to the Team Packed Podcast with your hosts, Jessica McIntyre and Quinton Cools. We hope to inspire you to think critically and biblically about current issues facing our culture, challenge you to make a difference in your community, and ultimately change the world. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Team Pack Podcast. Um, this is Quinn, and I'm here with J-Mac. What up, guys? And we are in the middle of a series where we are talking about this idea of becoming, becoming like Christ um, with the tagline, to live as Christ. And it's based on our National Convention 2021 theme, where on the fourth full day, we addressed the topic of hope. And that's going to be our topic today. How does becoming like Jesus impact our hope? So, J-Mac, let me ask you an age-old question. Why do bad things happen to good people? Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, but, but that, that's... Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. As we were talking about this you know, before recording, before pressing record, like that's kind of, in essence, what the question does come down to is why do bad things happen Um before we dig into that question, though, I think you have to start with an anchor. Before you even get to the bad things happen, we live in a sinful fallen world, and this, that, and the other thing, and you, you can honestly get really tripped up in theology over this one. And this is something I've thought a lot about um, and even challenging my own thinking in over the past couple of weeks. But before you can ask that question, you have to have a foundation, And that foundation is that hope. It's what have you built your life upon? Where do you find that hope? And that is your anchor and that's your starting point before you can even ask the question of, you know, what happens when when bad things happen? Like, why do bad things happen? I mean, we live in a sinful and fallen world. The enemy Mm -hmm. is out to kill, steal, and destroy. Like, bad things happen, but we know that there is a good God who is good good intentions for you so he's a good god he is good to you and for you and he is really good at being god and that is the starting point before you get into you know bad things this that and the yeah i love how you kind of you just like picked it apart you were like look if you're going to use these words like good and bad it's like <laughs> you need to have a, a uh, an anchor a foundation of even understanding like mm-hmm. who is good like god is good all right who is God? Like, what is he right. toward us? Our creator, our savior, our provider, like our our guide, our, you know, our Lord. Like, we need to start there and understanding the nature of good and evil and God. And um, and I think that uh I think that when we think about the church, especially here in the United States and you know, right now we're, we're recording this from Virginia. So we're kind of, kind of in the Bible belt area. I think that, um, the church over time has, uh, has maybe not done as good a job, at least certain, certain groups of churches have not done a a good a job of, of talking about the Valley of the shadow. Mm. Uh, you know, that was a, that was a topic we addressed at national convention 2020. Um, we only did a short, you know, two day, webinar because of the pandemic. Um, but we talked about pressing on and, and, and one of the topics that we addressed was the Valley of the shadow and kind of talking about suffering and talking about darkness. And, Mm -hmm. and I guess what I'm thinking about when I think about churches that don't address that is there's kind of a, 
carefree Christianity that's out there. There's a flavor mm-hmm. that's out there where it's like everything's good. Um, everybody's doing fine. Um, it's very celebratory, mm-hmm. uh, victorious, triumphant. Um, but it doesn't necessarily wrestle with the harder things in life. And so I wonder if when, you know, a young person grows up in with, with that kind of uh, as the foundation and, and they're left thinking like, yes, like good things happen to good people, period. Mm-hmm. Like, and if something bad is happening, I can, I can expect that God will change it or I can pray it away or, or something like that. Like what, what about when that doesn't happen? Like what about when, when those things aren't the way that, that, that you want them to be? What if, mm-hmm. you know, the relationship, you know, breaks apart and what if, you know, your mom gets cancer and what if your, you know, boyfriend gets hit, you know, in a motorcycle accident. And what if, you know, it's like all these like dark, heavy, hard things in life, but like what happens then? It's like, we need to have Mm -hmm. a far more robust theology and and understanding of who God is and and how he's at work in the world. Because otherwise, when we get to this point of suffering, we lose all hope because Mm -hmm. our hope is actually not in, in, who God actually is. It was in some false construct that we've put together of him. Like he has to act a certain way toward us or something. Yeah. That's a good point. I think that's where hope and trust and those things, that's where we get it a little bit mixed up in our mind. And those things do shake us when we don't have that foundational understanding of who God is and the hope that we have in us because of that. Um, I think who was it, A.W. Tozer, who said, what comes to mind when we think about God, that is the most important thing about us. And I think that's so very true because that's your frame of reference for who he is. And so if you don't have a proper frame of reference for who God is, when, yeah, the relationship falls apart, the mom is sick, the this happens, that happens, my expectation for how things should be aren't met and when bad things happen things that are unquestionably bad like we know those things happen then it becomes a well why i thought god was good i thought he was good to me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why would god we we know that god gives good and perfect gifts we know that he is a loving god um but but why would he allow this to happen you know Mm -hmm. god does not god is for us we know that Um, God does not (laughs) intend evil things for us by any means, but if we don't have that foundation, then it, that is shaking. That's going to shake your foundation. Um, if it's weak and if it's, if it's just stuck questioning the, the why and the how and the what and the good and the bad, and then it just becomes you're reeling. (laughs) And I, I promise you that is a, that is a scary place to be. And so that's why. The foundation is so important. And and honestly, kind of side note here, like I think we don't talk about the hard things in life very much. And like what you were mentioning earlier about, you know, maybe the church at large doesn't do a very good job at addressing those harder things. And not just necessarily harder to understand theologically, but just the harder elements of life. I don't know about you, but I grew up with kind of this unspoken expectation of God is good and God is for me. And, 
you shouldn't be anxious for anything and you should never be depressed and there is joy and there's life and there's happiness and there's good things and you know if there's not then pray about it and think good thoughts and it'll be great and it'll all work out Mm. um and so there was kind of this (laughs) what you might call spiritual bypassing is the term it's where you're kind of recognizing or not recognizing that there's something unhealthy there whether it's like mentally from a, hey, I'm maybe mentally not healthy with this and we're just going to slap a happy label on it and say, oh, but God's got it and is in control or whether it's circumstances or or what have you. But this idea of saying, well, you're a Christian, so just have more faith and pray more and it will all work out and be okay without addressing, A, the root cause of whatever it is that's causing you to think that way or feel that thing or experience that thing, um, and not providing like that foundational truth and understanding and that anchoring. And I want to say along with that, like there is suffering. <laughs> there are objectively bad things that happen. I know that yeah. Quinn, you've surely experienced this in your life. I've experienced this in my life. And, and that's on all ends of the spectrum, whether right. it's from, you know, family with, depression, whether it's family struggling with suicidal thoughts, whether it's, you know, really big relationship things or things not going the way you thought they would or family things or school things or death or what have you. And just to be clear, guys, we we deal with those things, too. So if you're Mm, sitting there thinking that I don't know why this is this way, I don't know why God is allowing this to happen to me. You're not isolated in that it's just you and there's not something wrong with you because something isn't quote unquote good in your life. And because you're struggling with something like the struggle is real (laughs) in all honesty. And so like, I just want to put that out before you guys, like we get it. And I can't say that I relate a hundred percent to whatever it is that you are dealing with. But there are real things that people are dealing with, and we don't want to bypass that. And we want to say, hey, we recognize that, and we come alongside you in that. And this, the point of this is to help anchor in truth and in hope mm-hmm. through those and despite those, not not to push it aside and say that, you know, it doesn't matter because in the end you just have more faith and pray, but to say, right, but there is hope in this because we know who God is. Yeah, I think young people in particular um, who haven't faced that kind of suffering or darkness yet, mm-hmm. or at least haven't recognized it yet, um, are in a particularly difficult place because, you know, if you haven't experienced it, you're about to. Like mm-hmm. I, when I was growing up, um, I felt like my, you know, my church was just kind of perfect, thought my family was just kind of perfect, you know, just didn't mm. kind of carefree, didn't think much of you know, the possibility of some of the the statistical stuff that you hear about families breaking apart and churches having split and whatever. And and since then, I mean, you know, 10, 15 years since then, I, I've, you know, I have a, a sibling that doesn't talk to our family. I have, you know, uh, you know, the founder of our, our church um, who had to resign because of a moral failing. Um you know, there, there have been 
tragic things. And, and in, my, in my own life, in my, in my family, um, you know, we lost a, a, a daughter last year, uh, Phoebe, and those sorts of moments are so painful um, that I think, I think when you haven't been there yet, you just don't know mm-hmm. what it's like. And then when you're going through it, it's anything but good. Like you're saying, like it's anything but good. Um, and, and like you said at the beginning of this, like you have to have something to hold on to that anchor, that hope that, um, if you don't have that, like you will fall into despair, right? Like I think about if we're traveling on a journey, um, you know, on a, on a road somewhere, it, it feels like there's maybe a cliff on both sides. Like on the one side, you have no hope, so you despair. Um, and on the other side, you maybe have like a false hope, like a false mm-hmm. pretense of everything's going to be okay. But it just, it's not. Like, mm-hmm. you know, things don't get better, at least not soon. And like, what if, what if, you know, that family member is never healed of that sickness? Mm-hmm. Is God still good? Like, you need to be wrestling with those sorts of things. Um, it actually, a a bit of a cultural reference here could help. Um, so at the time this podcast is coming out, um, it will have been a few weeks since, um, since Disney plus and Marvel put out the, the last of the Loki. Um, <gasps> that came out. Uh, oh yeah. Have you not seen it? I've only seen up to episode three. Oh, then I can't use this as a reference. No, you can, you can. It's fine. Is it okay? Yeah, it's right. fine. I'll probably fall asleep. Well, least. spoiler warning. If you are watching the Loki series and, um, you don't want to hear this, go ahead and fast forward for a few <laughs> minutes in the podcast because I will spoil watch something. It, come back. <laughs> but in this, um, story, you have this character in the Marvel cinematic universe named Loki and um, and he comes to the end of time. And as he comes to the end of time, he finds what they call the one who remains. And he's the one who's been orchestrating the flow of time and which kind of, you know, worlds and stories can still go on and which ones need to, you know, be brought back into a unified direction for so that the so that the story would come to this particular point. And he comes to the end of it and he finds that the one who remains is not a benevolent being. He's, he's, you know, he's a conqueror. He's a, an evil being. He's uh, conniving. He's, you know, all these things. And so I, I was fascinated by the existential questions that were being raised in this TV show about what would life be like if God were not good like if there's not a benevolent being, the one who remains mm-hmm. at the end of all of this and through all of this, then what are we left with? I think we're left with chaos. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you think about that back in even the creation of the world in Genesis 1, um, the the Hebrew word there that that describes the the void, the, you know, the the earth was was formless and void. And, um, you know, there was kind of this like, primordial soup of stuff like there was material that God had created but the the word from in the Hebrew kind of describes a a chaos to what existed and so God brought order and beauty and you see the parallels of light and darkness and 
and dry land and water and so forth. And, and here God is bringing this, this beauty to things. When sin enters the world, chaos like breaks loose again. You know, it's like it, it, it breaks apart relationships. You know, it, 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 uh, reveals Adam and Eve's nakedness. It, it, it creates, you know, the murderous situation in, you know, the next page with their two sons fighting in a field. And, you know, it's like, um, you have the, the story of, um, of, uh, the tower of Babel, you know, where, where all the people are trying to, you know, create this vain glory and God then disperses them and, and there's chaos ensues. And that I think is the difference between living in a world with a benevolent God and living in a world either without God or with a God who's not benevolent or with you as God, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like however you want to refer to it. um, If you don't walk with God through this journey of life, then you don't have that ultimate good that he's seeking for you and that he has he's earned for you. Like, um, I, I was reading a book, um, this past week called dark clouds, deep mercy. And in the book, the author describes how Jesus bought the right to make everything right. And it's this idea that on the cross, Jesus paid the full satisfaction of all that was needed so that one day, these things might be redeemed. And I think that's a truly Christian hope. Like this is not a hope that I could go and assume that just anybody has or that anybody even in our Christian faith has thought to develop. And like like we said at the beginning, I think this is an underdeveloped topic. I think this is a topic that people you know, struggle to talk about because it's hard and it's heavy and we don't like to reveal these things that we're struggling with, the things that we're going through, but we need to, because, because I think that that, that experience that we go through walking through the valley of the shadow, even over long seasons of life. I mean, what, what is this topic we're talking about? Becoming like Jesus, like that that's a painful thing, but it's a beautiful thing. Like I have seen God's character revealed more in the suffering that I've experienced the past year or two years mm-hmm. than I would have seen without it. I've seen his mercy and his grace and his provision. I've seen his kindness toward me. I've seen so many evidences of God's grace. And I, and honestly now as, as my family's kind of come out of some, really hard things this past year, you know, it's starting to become a part of our story. Mm -hmm. You know, it's part of our testimony. It's part of, you know, us saying, you know what, walking with God, um, it doesn't take away this suffering, at least not in this life, but walking with God gives us hope in the midst of the suffering. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it helps me long for heaven. Yeah. It helps me long for when these things are made right. And I think that is an ultimate good. That's good. I, and thank you for sharing that. I think that's an important element of that hope. Kind of like, I think I referenced this in an earlier podcast, but I forget 
truth <laughs> so often. It's so often easy to just kind of fall back on what I think and what I feel. And that's something you have to constantly remind yourself of is, is truth and truth in your hope and where your hope is found too. That's also really important. And so constantly reminding yourself where your hope is. And so sharing those stories, looking to people who have walked before, um, who have gone through hard things, whether it's people around you or, you know, in past or in scripture, like we see people going through really hard things in scripture. Um, because I think that's, that's where we see the hope is when they were hopeless, when I was hopeless, but on the other side of that, because Mm -hmm. when you're in it, you don't see it. Mm Mm-hmm. At least that's been my experience is, you know, you're talking about this has become part of our story. This has become part of our testimony. And I can see how God is working this together for good. And and we know he's going to do that because bad things happen and and not all things are good. But God will work them together because he is surely good. But when you're in it, you just see the bad thing and you can keep your eyes fixed on the Lord. And and that has to be your focus. That can, that has to be the thing that you focus on. Because if you look to the left or the right, there's despair, there's persecution, there's suffering, there's this, that, and the other thing. And you have to constantly, no, redirect. Yeah. No, redirect. And that's something that you have to be intentional with. And I think part of that is seeking out the stories and the wisdom and the counsel of the people around you or seeking yeah. it out from scripture. Um, that's been something that's been hugely beneficial to even me in processing through some of life's harder things that I'm processing through right now is hearing yeah. those people, hearing the stories of the long suffering and hearing the, why are things this way? And it's not supposed to be this way, mm-hmm. but God. Yeah. And that we, we have to wait mm-hmm. that there's a um, our timeline is not God's timeline. Yeah. And so even the process where we're like, all right, God, if you're going to rip this thing out of my life, then just rip the bandaid off and, and help help me to be done with it. And let's move on and, you know, let's be mm. good with it. Um, but <laughs> uh, but he's like, no, there's a bit of a process to this and mm-hmm. it's going to take time. And, you know, I was thinking of. um the Psalm, Psalm 27, 13, where the psalmist says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a sense in which the darkness will not ultimately win. Like I know because, because my savior lives, I know how the story ends. I know that the darkness does not last forever. I know who wins the war, you know, that kind of thing. And the, the verse that closes that psalm is, wait for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And it's like, but I don't want to wait. Like, I don't yeah. I don't want to. And I don't want to feel the pain that I'm feeling. And I don't, you know, and there's this wrestling. Um, there, I had a professor in grad school who uh, has since gone to be with the Lord. His name was Dr. Steve Korch. And um, Dr. Korch would describe how he and his older friends, he was probably in his maybe 70s, um, where he and his friends would, you know, look at a group of people and they'd see some people interacting and and they'd kind of do the people watching thing. And they'd be like, they'd ask this question, have they been there 
have they been there yet? And they'd kind of interact with each other and be like, no, I don't, I don't think they've been there. And, and he's like, do you know what I'm talking about you guys? And I was like, what in the world is he talking about? (laughs) And he was talking about when you've seen that part of life, Mm. when you've experienced it, when you've actually felt it. And especially when you're talking to like theology students, in my case, he was like, look, you guys are studying this, but if you're doing this in like the ivory tower way, (laughs) where it's just like theology for theology's sake and you're not actually experiencing this with in your own life and in the lives of the people in your church who are experiencing these pains and these sorrows he's like you need to actually experience it in order to actually pastor well in order to actually be present with people and serve people and love people and care for people the way that you're called to it's like you have had to be there in some sense yourself. You have to have experienced some of that loss and not in the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do need to have been there. Um, right. and I think that that wrestling, it's a good thing. Like, I think it's not unhealthy. It's actually very healthy to wrestle with. Like mm-hmm. there's a song that we probably both sang growing up, uh, trust and obey, mm-hmm. trust and obey. There's no other way. Trust and obey. And Jesus, I think is how the line yeah. goes. And, um, that, that phrase of just like trust and obey mm-hmm. uh it's not inaccurate uh but it feels incomplete because i think there's a missing part of the the good kind of prayer toward god i, I think a lot of uh, authors including this author that i've been reading uh from dark clouds deep mercy has described it as lament and how like, it's like a third of the Psalms, maybe more than a third yeah. of the Psalms are given to lament of praying toward God, the pain that we're experiencing, the difficulty of life, the things that are not good. And you're saying, God, I know you're good. And I'm looking back on the faithfulness of how you've been good over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. But but this doesn't feel good. And, and how could it possibly turn out for good? And and there's this wrestling and and oftentimes most most often there's a there's a resolution where it says okay but i will trust in the lord mm-hmm. but like we need to do that we actually have to have that time of wrestling cuz otherwise we're just told trust and obey trust and obey trust and obey and at some point you just wake up one morning and you're like it, is this real like mm-hmm. is this for real like is this all there is and and i don't feel like trusting today so i guess I'm just going to blow it all up. Right. Like, what do I, what do I trust in now when I don't feel like trusting? Yeah. When when it seems like there's nothing to trust in. Yeah. And I think that's so important is the process that you're bringing up and you're right. We don't want to go through that process because it hurts. It really, really hurts. And so often in our faith, we, have prayers that God seemingly doesn't answer, and oftentimes they're surrounded, um, they're surrounding suffering. Like God, don't do this. Like please, not this. Um, it reminds me of a story of Corey Ten Boom, and she. Um, for those of you who haven't uh, heard her family, um, man, I'm gonna butcher this, but essentially at a time when the Jews were being persecuted, um, and and carted off and slaughtered. Um, her family was taking in those refugees and they were hiding them. 
Um, and so you should go <laughs> read her book, The Hiding Place. It's incredible. But she was this incredible servant for the Lord. Um, and she prayed very specific prayers to the Lord. And we know that God is good and we know that he cares for his children. And we even see in scripture where, um, you know, the Lord longs to <laughs> answer his children. And, and there's, he says, yes, he's, he is a, a yes God in that sense of like, whatever you ask for in faith. Right. And so we have those scriptures and whatnot. And, um, but her story, this particular instance, she prayed, that God would use her, right? And he did in really mighty ways. But she had a specific prayer, God, don't bring us to <laughs> the prison in Germany. Because um, at this point, they were arrested, um, put in prison, and they were being taken, and they didn't know where they were being taken. Um, and she just prayed, not Germany. <laughs> of all the places, that is the worst, most vile place to go. Please, God, not Germany. And they're going and they're they're being taken there and they realize they're crossing the German border. And she's like, no, God, God, no. Why? Like, this is a legitimately bad thing. I prayed mm -hmm. in faith and and you long to <laughs> answer the cries of your children. And and why would you bring me to Germany? And in that prison, her sister died. Um, in that prison, a, a lot of terrible things happened because it was the worst of the worst at that time. And yet, if she hadn't gone there, honestly, a lot of her story wouldn't be what it is today. And I know she's impacted my life and the life of so many others. And so many guards and prisoners were brought to the Lord through her and her sister being there. And her sister mm -hmm. died. Um, and, and horrible things happened. And as much as she prayed, you know, God, don't let this terrible thing happen. It came down to God essentially saying, do you trust me? Mm -hmm. And while it looked like a no to her prayer of God, don't put me through that. Don't let that terrible thing happen. That objectively bad thing happen. It was, do you trust me? And he used that for a much greater good. Um, and to answer a even deeper longing of her heart. Yeah. And that deeper longing being God use me. Yeah. And she would she went on to say, like, she looks back and, and says, Thank you, God, for sending me to Germany. And honestly, right now I can't say thank yep, you, God, for right. doing this thing or allowing this thing. Um, but that is the hope that we can cling to, that he is good, that he is working things together for good. And he is God and he is sovereign and he knows the end from the beginning. That doesn't mean he knows the difference between the end and, and the beginning. It's like, oh yeah, well, yeah, real smart genius up there, God. You know the difference between beginning and same. But like he knows how it all plays out. He knows how it ends. He knows how the victory mm. has been won. Yep. And he is going to use us in that process and he's going to take us through that process. And it's going to be hard, but but a mature faith looks at that and says, ah, my God, he is using me. He is pressing me. He is strengthening me. I mean, scripture even says like those things, those testing of our faith that produces steadfastness. And it's not until you go through that type of thing. And I, I can't even be begin to relate to something of that nature, but even in my own struggles of, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, whatever you're going through is, is that 
you wouldn't have that steadfastness without needing to, mm. um, because you're right. It's so easy to talk about these things and, and ration through these things and think about the theology behind these things. But at the end of the day, hope and trust that gets tested through the trials. And there is a point where it is a, okay, I need to trust and obey. Trust is not dependent on our feelings. Mm, like as yeah. much as love is a choice, I believe trust and hope are a choice. So hope is a person mm, and trusting yeah. in yeah. that person yeah. is a choice. And so luckily that's not dependent on how I feel or what I see, but it is trusting in God's got this. Yeah. And I think when you look, when you open up your Bible, <laughs> that's where you learn that. Mm -hmm. You learn that hope is a person. Uh, you learn that God has been faithful again and again and again. You see what Jesus endured where he became like us. He suffered. He died. And now he lives for us. He intercedes for us. I think really the takeaway here is walk with God through your suffering, right? Learn to develop a theology of suffering before you're even in that place of suffering. Like have a, have a robust enough view of God in the world from the Bible that, that accounts for the dark places of life as well as for the happy and, and light and celebratory places of life as well. Yeah. We need to make sense of that before we're even there. And when we're there, we need to walk with him and continue to remind ourselves of who he is, responding to his faithfulness, believing in that. I would say, just to add on to that thought real quick, um, that that lament that you mentioned earlier, like that is such an important part of the process. Like God wants us to bring that to him. That is a very key element in walking through trials. And like yes, God's not afraid of that. He actually invites that. He does. He he does. And and it can look really messy. Uh, there, even just a couple days ago, there was me driving in my car, just, you know, crying desperately out to the Lord and not questioning who he was, but questioning why and how and what are you going to do? I and that's what trust is, is saying, I don't see how, I don't see why, but even still, I choose to trust God. So take that to him. Yes, he already knows because he is an all-knowing God, but he wants to comfort you in those as well. He understands more than anyone else the trials that you walk through, the thoughts, the emotions that you walk through, and he wants to be there. And that is that is a very important part of the lamenting process and, and you know, coming through on the other side stronger um, and being able to trust him in that. So trust him with your questions, trust him with your tears, trust him with your emotions in that because he can take it, I promise. Yeah. As we close, I want to finish with an encouragement from 2 Corinthians chapter 1 where Paul writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of the Teen Pack Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye. 
Thank you for joining us for this special edition of the Team Pact Podcast. Have any questions about today's episode? Send us an email at communications at teampact.com, or you can visit our website for more information about our programs and state classes. 